0: Hey, welcome to the Wayfair podcast. I'm Zach Elliott. This is Katya, that's Jonathan, Jared, and over there, Riley. Together, we are hoping to recover what has been for centuries the most helpful metaphor for the Christian life, that of a wayfarer, somebody on a journey, and that has been uh, universally understood lost in the modern age and we get to kind of recover it together so it's good to see you this has become like my favorite group uh to hang out with mm-hmm. and barely yeah. could start this podcast because we were laughing so hard in the beginning <laughs> so rough takeoff due to my uh stumbling uh, but it's good to see you. how's everybody doing fire happy to be here yeah living life Riley, pretty
1: Rudy good deal? yeah yeah okay yeah thank let's you. do it i'm yeah. ready yeah. I like okay. the sweater Riley. it looks good oh, thank
2: you looking suave yeah going for the old money aesthetic you know? is that what it is yeah take taking a shot new new outfit i'm trying to have a money aesthetic You know, yeah what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true it's so
0: good we this is episode three so we're we're starting to get to know each other we said friendship first that's the way we were going to start this journey and that it, it, we didn't want to just have content again there's so much of that so many times people sit down and they, there's ideas But we literally get to live life together, which is pretty fun. And it's been cool to have a conversation on perspective. Last time we were talking about pace and that big overarching idea of long, slow, deep, that what we're after is not just going to be an episode or a clip or a conversation, but really an invitation to say, Let's walk together and beside each other. And that's going to mean good high highs and low lows. And the world has seen a ton of that. We've had October 7th and the, the complete uh, loss of life and just tragedy and devastation over the Middle East. Here in Tampa, we've had tragedy in different parts of our city. And that's been the case, I know, for many people across the country. It was just kind of a weird and hard October. So, And that's okay. That's part of long, slow, and deep. And that's where we are last time. Tonight, we, well, last conversation we were talking about holidays, and like all of a sudden, holiday number one, which was everyone's favorite Thanksgiving, is like right here. We're Thanksgiving. So, what's Thanksgiving like, Jonathan? What are you doing?
3: I'm gonna be smoking some turkeys, staying here at home. <laughs> maybe deep fry one. We'll see.
0: Okay, so plans are coming to fruition because that's what you said. You said you smoke a turkey. Yeah, I always get signed up for it. Yeah. You, Jonathan, smoking. barbecue. He loves turkey. smoking, oh, right? Rachel. That's his favorite. And I believe him. <laughs> I believe him now. We had a barbecue the other night. We were cooking. I don't know what people see. Grilling out or barbecuing. Depends on what part of the world you're in. Jonathan, I don't even know what you call that. You brought out a blowtorch. It's,
3: it's nice. a roofing oh. torch.
4: It was the coolest mm. thing in the world. To yeah.
3: like, so well, be
1: in roofing torch.
0: Yeah, crazy. So you're going to be smoking outrageous. turkey or blowtorching turkey mm-hmm. or something. Jared, what are you doing? Thanksgiving.
1: Uh, going home uh, to old Raleighwood, North Carolina, to see the family oh, and hanging out. Oh, yeah.
2: Good old Raleigh, Raleighwood. Yeah, my mom drive? used to call me that. Uh, I'm actually Aww. driving
1: this time, which is going to be real tough, uh, but getting to see some friends along the way, so it should be pretty good.
2: Riley, plans? Staying home. Uh, most of my family lives in Tampa, so we always have a tradition. We go over to my aunt's house, uh, which used to be my grandparents' house. Um, And we all hang out there, make some turkeys, bunch of food, invite everybody who doesn't have a place to go over and all the family and we hang out. And usually if it's cool enough, we'll, uh, we'll go outside uh, to the backyard and set the projector up and watch a movie and Mm -hmm. a Christmas movie always and set the fire up. And it's fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Good tradition. Yeah.
0: For everybody who's not in Florida that like makes no sense, you know, like November. <laughs> you're like, wait, yeah. you're going in the backyard and setting up an outdoor movie. But it's literally so fun in Florida, like cool weather. And it's been decent, Best. like kind of cool. What are you doing for Thanksgiving?
4: Waking up, watching the Macy's Day Parade.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Going
4: to have some coffee. And then we start cooking. And that's like my favorite. And then when it's actually time to eat, it's like not as fun. Like, and I, I know that sounds weird, but uh-huh. it's like, it's like the active, like just being with the people I love and we're just cooking and, you know, watching the parade and listening to music and the doors are open because it's that like peak Florida weather of just like a nice 70 because <laughs> it's like, that's the coldest it gets you know, it's kind of brisk, <laughs> kind of chilly. Um, yeah. And I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Really psyched.
0: I'm with you the Macy's Day parade and like the the highlight is the morning and it's the getting ready and it's the prepping and cooking and the house smelling. And Jared's like, No, it's the eating. That's an insane take that the eating is not the best part of
1: Thanksgiving. I agree. Like when you're cooking
3: all day, like you just want to watch other people eat. I'm not hungry after I
0: cook
1: all day. Yeah. yeah oh i've never cooked so well, i normally there's a,
0: there's a problem
1: active participant of watching <laughs> <laughs> someone's got to do the eating
0: though last time we were together you said ham over turkey
1: were you serious about that oh i'm 100 percent on ham over turkey i think it's a no-brainer i think turkey it's like fine it's not like great but
4: i agree d- low-key i feel like turkey kind of has like sometimes it can be kind of dry but ham it always That's
0: hits a the spot turkey, yeah. yeah, turkey's hard to get right
2: It's tough to get no. right It is mm-hmm. You gotta be pretty right. good To get a turkey right Yeah Jonathan knows about
0: it. If we do see If if everybody who's watching Loves this Then we do a, a season two Then we'll have to have A cooking show Where we actually <laughs> Cook and try It's not as easy As people think Cooking a turkey well Is this difficult stuff Thanksgiving yeah. special Yeah uh, Do you cook?
4: I'm trying I'm like starting To get into it But I don't know Not not like crazy I wouldn't yeah. say craziness, but I'm practicing.
0: Good. Do it. Riley,
2: you cook. Yeah. What's yeah, your yeah. favorite thing to make? Like in general or Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving. Beef Thanksgiving? Um, usually my aunt makes it, but I've made it once or twice. But sweet potato casserole mm. is just so good. Put marshmallows, marshmallows on top. Oh, it's oh. the best part. Yeah. It's was just the gonna best say part. We're
0: going to get so distracted because I have to know if. That's how you when you say sweet potato casserole, that's what you mean. Marshmallows, oh, sure. marshmallows. All that. Yeah. I have never experienced that until we moved to Florida.
2: Really? Oh, yeah, sorry. we have roasted
0: what? sweet potatoes and like, but never, like marshmallows. That's how you do it?
4: Oh my gosh, is this like a Florida tradition? And not like a, do Maybe you do I this too? I south thing think it's a
1: south, it's a south it's yeah. Southern? It's Welcome it's, to the south. I guess that makes so. People who don't go hiking after, you know, eating Thanksgiving. Mm. Yeah,
0: you know, Northwest people <laughs> like boneless, skinless, go for a run like a 5K in the morning and then yeah. eat like. No. Insane, turkey trots? Ones. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it. Well, it's good, like, bring it back. The table. That's where literally, I can't remember if it was episode one or episode two, we talked about that's literally our favorite place to be at the table. And tonight, uh, we we have like a little family tradition that's emerging, it's coming and to offer a toast and the toast embodies these two essential things. So Wayfair podcast toast is simply this, we just say, never alone. Walking on, that's the toast, and never alone. So there you go, cheers. Never Never alone. alone. Walking Walking on. on. There you go, cheers. Cheers, Cheers, Riley. Cheers. Cheers. Those two things, that those are like essential DNA of the wayfaring life. A, never alone. The, the presupposition for what we're talking about is that we are not just setting out on a journey, autonomous, individualist, make it on your own. That's literally the opposite of what we're talking about. We started out in the first episode saying, Jesus's invitation was literally relational, follow me. And he was saying, I'm going somewhere and you didn't choose me, I chose you to come and follow me. And so right from the jump for the wayfaring life, it's relational the destination itself is relational that what we're aiming at is life with god and life together and so it never it never ceases you don't you don't end a journey you're into a journey and it's so wonderful to participate in that and i want to pull on that thread because we're in a moment where you've heard us talk about this before uh, on lab the podcast there's two great crises of our time the crisis of meaning and the crisis of meaningful connection People are just saying, what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be alive right now? And I feel very much alone. And I came across this quote from Mother Teresa. She said, loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. And so when we raise those glasses and say never alone, the, the point is it's, a, it's kind of a shot across the bound. It's a protest to that's not the way it was supposed to be. We're not to do life. Alone, Mother Teresa. Loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. Do you feel like that's true?
1: What did you pick me? You thought that was most relatable <laughs> to me. I
0: just felt like you, the lonely person.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're like did unwanted, Jared. Do you have a comment own? on like, unwanted?
0: She's got a big family. Katya, I know she's got a.
1: <laughs> I have a loving Jared, family like too, Mom. True? I love you. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. You know, I think you know, even you know, I think introvert extrovert oftentimes gets thrown around around like the idea of. I like being alone. Like I, I like being with people. And I think that can be true, but you know, the in total, I think you know, having people around that love you and support you is so critical to like living a good life. Like even if you're doing all these things that can, you know, personally be successful. I mean, I think you see people who are rich or get to the top and are very successful that don't have people around them that love them. And it's like, they still feel very lonely and feel very empty, you know, so you can achieve all these things, but still feel empty. And I think, you know, that's why you have people who maybe don't have a lot of stuff, but, you know, have a lot of people around them that love them and, you know, they feel more satisfied and full in life.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you can have all the things and be surrounded by a ton of comfort and a, com- a ton of wealth. Mother Teresa's point, loneliness and that feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. Jonathan, you think that's true?
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, I. I- Oftentimes, when I'm experiencing something that I I worked for and I'm proud of, and that I wanted, like it's it's kind of boring if it's alone. Like you want to be able to show it to someone or share it with someone. And if if everything you work for is just for yourself, like it's it never it never gets out there. What's what's the point?
0: Yeah, good life is shared life, mm-hmm. and there's something that we're made for that. Yeah, Katya, have you ever experienced? Has there been a season in life where you have been? you felt that kind of loneliness like the acute sense of loneliness I mean you come from a family with I mean siblings and Mm -hmm. family and parents and grandparents and the whole thing but have you ever felt that
4: yeah no totally like I've been in situations where I've had over 30 friends as outrageous as that sounds but I still feel incredibly alone because unless we connect on like that deeper sense and we can actually open up about something like deeper than what we're gonna wear tomorrow at the party (laughs) like you just feel incredibly by yourself and I mean I'd say right now I probably have like a good three or four or five friends but I've never felt more like loved because there's so much more substance to it and I mean at times I can be alone but I feel more In solitude than I do lonely.
0: Yeah. I don't know if that
4: makes sense.
0: No, totally. There's a distinction there that's really important. Solitude is good. You know, Jesus withdrew. We need that. We need solitude. But that feeling of unwanted and lonely, isolated, I don't have someone that knows me or I'm not known by people. And I think you're right that you can be surrounded by people. You can have people all over your life and your news feeds and everything and still feel very much alone. Have you felt that?
3: Yeah. My mind immediately goes to COVID during that time when we couldn't be with people and, um, I couldn't spend time with friends or family and working remotely, um, doing school remotely. And that was an extremely lonely time and probably, um, like very, very dark times. And I know, I know multiple people who experienced that too. And, um, they, When they found themselves alone it kind of brought out the worst in them and that was a turning point for them it was for me um just finding who you are when you're completely isolated and then realizing who you can be who you can turn into if you keep going down that way and deciding to change and i know a few people covid was was that wake up for them so it goes to like a good solitude in a way but um maybe not that much
1: (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's interesting that it's like you would think, I think oftentimes people think about being alone, like you can like discover who you are and like get self-awareness, but there's something about like friends who know you and
2: mm-hmm. can encourage you,
1: can mm-hmm. like really speak into who you are and I Keep think, you in check. Yeah, Keep you in check, help you have a lot of that self-awareness that I think, you know, being alone often creates this spiral of who am I, what am I doing, what's the purpose,
2: what's going on, mm-hmm. uh, that I think can be a, a lonely spiral. Right. Yeah. I was gonna say, do you, I mean, I mean, I was thinking about this, like, last week, I think, from something that I was going through, but do you think, like, it's hard when you get stuck, like, like, when you get in that posture of, like, oh, it's okay, I think I should go through this on my own instead of going through it with your friends or, you know, a, a group of people in your corner, like, no, I should go through this alone, do you think it's, like, easy to, like, get out of that, or, like, is it harder once you, like, try doing something, like, by on your own without... You know a group of friends like do you think it's hard to get out of that
4: I was just about to jump in because and like it hit on the dot with what I was thinking because I think that that's like the perfect prompt to get you going where you want to be because obviously like you were in that group and you felt that discomfort and that like tension almost and it prompted you to say I'm gonna go on on my own and at that point that's when solitude comes into like partition like that's when that wisdom comes because you've seen things and now it's time to digest it and mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times people just go from group to group and they never really get to the point of why they had to leave mm-hmm. and why they continue to leave and so just as you were talking about extrovert introvert I think that just as much as the extrovert wants to go out, he needs to become an introvert and really digest what just happened. And then the introvert who doesn't ever want to go out and make friends and venture into a new group of people who will influence them into the light that they should be walking into, um, they should be going out is what I'm trying to say. Like,
2: yeah, test the roles.
0: It's hard though. I think uh, I'm with you that, that there can be a point, I hear what Riley's saying, that where you get, uh, I've been there before anyway, to where you get to the point where enough life has happened uh, and you, you maybe have withdrawn from other people or stepped back from relationships that you've had and then there's a lot of life that has happened and to reconnect and to step back into those things, it feels like that's a big it's a big step to take and a risk to take to re-enter, And because maybe you've changed in that time of solitude yeah. too. And that can be, I don't know, that can be an awkward uh, re-entry point too. I've felt that. I think the Ruth Haley Barton book quote or book Dun. recommendation, dang, there you go, Ruth Haley Barton, <laughs> but it's worth it. This, this is such a good book, Silence and Solitude. Her book, Silence and Solitude, wonderful book. And she uses the metaphor of a jar of river water. And Mm -hmm. says, imagine if you dip a jar of river or a jar, like a glass canning jar into a river and you put a lid on it and you shake it up. What's inside that? And you won't be able to make sense of it. It'll just look like muddy water. Mm -hmm. But if you set that thing down and don't touch it for 10 seconds or 15 seconds or 20 seconds, that those layers start to separate. And all of a sudden you could say, oh, that's what's in there. Mm -hmm. That's what's in there and our life is like that too that
2: changed my life i I was literally just telling jared about this like i think saturday about that exercise and like how impactful that was to my life and it took like three weeks for me to like start piecing it together and see the layers but it really like it turned my life from one direction to another it was mind-blowing
0: so good, yeah. So wow. solitude is good. So I think that's what all of us are saying solitude, set that aside. That is good, we need it, and we've got to recover that capacity to do it. Because until I can make sense of what's going on within me, I have I don't I can't share anything with you, nothing of depth or substance mm-hmm. like you were talking about. So we might be hanging out and doing things together, but when you say, How are you? I don't even know, because I haven't set that thing down long enough to make sense of what's going on in it. Yeah. But if I have a regular practice of solitude, and now my friend comes and says, how are you? And opens the door for that conversation. I can say, well, here's, I have this going on. There's a little bit of sorrow, a little bit of sadness, a little bit of hope, whatever it is that I've found yeah. in there. So you need both. And you need true friendship. Cicero, without friendship, life is no life at all here's my question. What makes a good, when we talk about long, slow, deep, we talk about a friend who bonds at that deeper level. What makes a good friend like that? A good wayfaring friend. Katya. who do, what do you think is the essential thing for a good wayfaring friend?
4: I think just connecting on the level of a moral basis. And, and also, I don't know. Cause that's kind of hard just because I, I've, I have a variety of friends that come to mind right now that I would call lifelong friends and sometimes necessarily we wouldn't see eye to eye on some things like that, but we, they bring such wisdom to the table and I value it. So I think we have to be living for the same truth, I suppose, of us guiding in the way of just wanting to spread light and positivity and ignoring anything that's outside of that in the sense of like ignoring drama like if we're in a conversation I don't want to just be talking about what happened at the party like I want to be talking about how are you feeling what are you struggling with right now how can we walk through it together how are you working on it like we're helping each other we're like partners in crime that sort of thing like we're here to set light into the world and how are we going to help each other do that I think that's that's where I got to.
0: Partners in crime setting light in the world. Let's go. That's right. <laughs> you, <laughs> you literally quoted Lewis, though. With I don't know if that was intentional or unintentional. It but was intentional. We see the same truth. C.S. Lewis. Yeah. We see the same truth. And I want to pull on this thread. Here we go, right? Now, now everybody's going to jump in because this is the thing. I think it's real that all of us probably feel or have felt that we're surrounded by people and some of those people, we see the same truth. We're rowing in the same direction. Some are not. Some are fun, but they're going in a different direction. I keep pointing at you, but <laughs> what's going on? Unwanted. Yeah, that's right. Unwanted <laughs> and lonely. But that's the lonely. thing. And I hear you saying, like, for true friendship, that three to five that become those lifelong friends, those friends that do journey with you, What is it that makes that friendship stick? And I think Katya brings up something that Lewis pointed out. It seems to be that there's an essential question. Do we see the same truth? Are we aimed at the same thing? Do you feel like that's that's at the core, at the foundation?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, you have different levels of circles. It's like I have friends who, you know, we believe wildly different things. And it's like I'm like good friends with those people and we can share, laugh, like enjoy Mm -hmm. time together. But the, know the very close friends it's like it's just a deeper level to you know especially around like christianity like if you're really like relying on god and see jesus as like your savior it's like the way you interact is going to be wildly different like when i if i tell my non-christian friend i'm going to pray he's going to be like oh that's nice you know it's basically meditation yeah. yeah yeah you know but a uh, friend in the close circle it's like they're going to understand like how powerful that is or for like i'm praying for you to a non-christian friend that kind of means nothing to a a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ, you know, that means a lot. Um, so I think those things are super important. Uh, if you're going to have that like deeper
0: level friendship for sure. Yeah. What is strange? I mean, that's, that's very real. Like who do you call when your life is turned upside down? Suddenly you, you experience loss or tragedy or diagnosis or disruption that person you call, there. I think that you're they're, they're going to be able to meet you in those core things that are the places you go in those times. You talked about prayer, episode two or episode mm-hmm. one. If you can't share that, if I can't meet you there and be like, would you pray? That's what I need. And if I can't meet you there, there's a gap there. Right. And that's, I think that's what we're talking about. Like wayfaring friends like, are going to journey with you.
4: You just see here, you know, like there's no explaining. It's almost like you sit down and you feel like you've known this person for... Years, because it just works. You're just like, dang, you know what I'm, you finished my sentences. We that see the sort same of vibe. truth. Which we is well, what it.
2: happened when we all got together.
0: That's right, just like that. We, so see, we see the same truth, <laughs> yeah. I think, Jared, I wanna know opposite of that, right? Like, there are things, we see the same truth. We can trust each other, we share these things. These are the things that bond us and bind us together, and there's, there's more. There's also things that are corrosive or almost lethal to that kind of long-term friendship. And I think, again, that's what we're after. Like, Mm. we have people that we hang out with, people that we see, but when I'm 25, 28, 35, 46, when I lose a parent, lose a child, go through an illness, who will be those people that I share that part of the journey with? We build that with these, do we see the same truth? There's other friendships that just, it doesn't have it. And there's things that are corrosive or lethal to that long-term friendship. What are some of those things for you?
1: Yeah. When I was thinking about this, I, you know, I feel like there's not any of my friends that I haven't gotten into some kind of argument with sure. or mm-hmm. have hurt in some way, you know, yeah. whether, you know, I say a lot of stupid jokes. So, you know, I've really ruffled some feathers I've in my lifetime. Uh, and... Y- I think you know a lot of friendships like that can uh, that builds attention it's like how do you handle that tension i think really matters like are you willing to admit you're wrong and Mm -hmm. people who aren't willing to admit they're wrong you know think they're right i think that kind of posture of that really hurts a lot of relationships as well as you know how you're how you like are you listening well to your friends like when they're trying to open up like share with you are you just trying to fix immediately? Or are you, you know, actually trying to listen and grow through that? Like I've had so many friends where yeah. it's like, Hey, I, I want to open up and share something with you. And it's like, I don't need you to try to fix it. Like, I just want you to like be here with me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's funny how it's like, there's different little things like that of like how you're interacting that you're, there's going to be tensions at some point. Cause we're all built differently. We all view situations differently. And so learning how to you know kind of come together in that and grow it's like some of my best friends are guys i didn't get along with initially that well uh there's one guy uh, in chicago who i lived with i love him a lot and you know initially we kind of butt heads a lot and then he became one of like my sweetest friends and yeah. it's like the not being willing to handle confrontation well or not listening well i think are two things that can really you know torpedo a friendship very easily
0: yeah it's so it, what Jared was saying, go back and watch that again. Just It's gold, literally gold. When you think about that ability to listen and connect with me, what we're seeking is bonding, that bonded thing that we've shared something that we both shared together and we bonded over that. That happens over feelings. Again, it doesn't happen over ideas or mm-hmm. things. It happens over that feeling. And if you can open that up and say this is what I felt and if I will hear that then I can meet you there but if I'm not even paying attention to that I'm looking past it to fix it or to to fill in whatever I'm going to say I miss that that essential bond no you have to listen what else what have you found like something that just hurt a friendship where it didn't endure it couldn't endure what are those things
3: I think a good sign of a good friend is someone that when you share good news with they get excited rather than jealous or
0: competitive with it yeah they want to see win. Mm-hmm.
4: i have a question for you guys what would you do if you had a friend who you've been walking with for a long time and been telling them to do a certain thing that you know is hurting them but they're not doing it do you continue walking with that friend hmm. because it's low key put like i f- it feel like at a certain point that kind of influences you and it's like So what would you do in that kind of situation?
1: I feel like I have so many friends that it's like we have different views on a lot of different things. And, you know, I like to I think it's important to make your position known. Like if you're not being authentic or if you're just like lying to them about like where you stand. Like I think that can be... (laughs) Disingenuous. Funny answer. <laughs> what well, you think I'm unwanted and lonely? I don't have friends that I actually talk to.
0: You're... She was calling you out. She's like, "Wait no, a second at
4: and Before the podcast started, Jared goes, "It's kind of hot." <laughs> Am I sweating? He goes, it's kind of hot, and I just see your forehead.
1: I'm sweating right now. I'm just really nervous about this question. You deserve that after the
0: bulls.
4: And we got a new light. I don't know if you guys can Can tell in the new video, but it like really hits. I'm sorry.
2: (laughs) Way to ruin a great moment in the podcast. It was so good. I'm sorry. Hey, (laughs) you know what?
0: I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm gonna come down on Kathy's side. The bulls comment from episode one that was (laughs) so like straight to the shin that you deserve it. (laughs) That's That's true. Payback. You get under just nervous
1: <laughs> about friendship. Just speaking keep... about something I know nothing about. You were about. speaking
2: such
4: truth and <laughs> wisdom. Yeah. You were speaking such wisdom. But then yeah. I just couldn't help but think about when you're like, guys, it's kind of hot.
1: It's very warm. And sweat. I'm sweating right now. <laughs> I wore pants. That was a mistake. We were. Um, <laughs>
2: We'll, tip, uh, we'll let maintenance I no? brought a crew neck to wear yeah.
1: too which is really funny that it was like no, I almost wore more clothes no and I'm, money aesthetic for you yeah I'm no. in the sauna right now
0: okay but I want to anyway, know anyway continue.
1: continue I'm sorry I will then hear the end yeah I, I, I I'm like a friend Retainer, Like I I have like had so many friends over the years. It's like, that can can't really think of any friends that like I've like truly cut off because what they were doing was like harmful to me. And I think there's like a level of like making your position known. And it's like, if they want to like step away because of that position, you know, that's one thing. But like, I think, you know, continuing to love on people and encourage them and you have to be careful to not let them like pull you into what they're Mm -hmm. maybe falling into, whatever it might be. But it's like, I think you make your position known, have that boundary, whatever it might be. And then, you know, continue to love them. Like I used to go to parties in college and not drink, but just hang out with people. And it's like, friends would get drunk and it's like, well, that's fine. You can get drunk. I'm not going to, and it's like, that's okay. But I think to, you know, to cut people off of like, and that might, it might be different levels and like circles of your friends. It's like, if they want to take a step this way, it's like, that's okay. It's like, we might not be able to be as close if you're doing this, but, you know, uh, I still love you and want to be your friend. I think that's important. You know, if if you're cutting off people because they're making bad decisions, it's like eventually you're going to cut everybody off because everybody, you know, is going to make bad decisions and be dumb uh, eventually.
4: Hmm. No, totally. I mean, I ask just because I feel like it happens to everyone at one point. Like we're all growing together and we're going to enter into different like seasons of our life with friends we've had for a long time. And I feel like even in my life I've I've become versions of Katya that I'm 1000% not today and I've had friends walk through with me and I'm so grateful because I think at our core we we stay the same our whole life <laughs> don't you think like we all have the, the same convictions that we've had since we were five years old like the same passions I'd think. But you've always had a little bit of a humor, you know, you've always had a like depth and wisdom to you, Jonathan. And like we've all had the same themes in our life. So like I I feel that the fact that you could like walk through with a friend and be like, I know who you are and I'm going to continue walking and loving on you no matter what it takes. But I agree. I think if it's like coming into harm on your end.
2: Yeah, I think like. One of the best things to always like I feel like kinda like think of it is like what would Jesus do? You know? It's kinda corny, but you know, the bracelets. Anybody remember the bracelet? W-W-J-D. <laughs> yeah Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> Um but yeah, like what would Jesus do? Like would Jesus in the relationship? And I think Jared like put a great point to there. It's like you make like you know, you, you make it aware to, you know, what you believe and, you know, where your line is and you're not going to cross that line, but you're also not going to end that friendship and close the door on them because you still care about them and, yeah. you know, love and want to see them flourish. And I think also like that part of like, that you were saying like how none of us, like we don't like deep down, there's always a part of us that never change. And there's that part of us that is always going to be relational because we're, that's, that's how we're made. We're relational beings. And so we're always going to have that, you know, that sense of, you know, longing to be together and grow together. And I think that's like the whole topic we've kind of been around tonight, even of that, that idea of friendship, what makes a good friend, those, you know, those, those kind of thoughts. And so I think, you know, those are some great perspectives and some great, you know, things to think about when you're in like situations like that, and you're thinking of friends and hard decisions with, with friends and decisions your friends are making, like, what do I do in those things? And so maybe those are some things that might, you know, hope in some of those situations,
1: but there's mm-hmm. such a beauty in loving people through seasons. Yeah. Like I think that's like, you know, over the years getting to see people grow and like change, uh, I think is like a fun thing. Like I, I had a buddy in college. He was like starting to talk to this girl and I was like, dude, you should not date this girl. And he goes, I think I'm going to date this girl. I said, <laughs> okay, you can date her. And they dated for like two months and it ended really badly. And he was like, that was a mistake. And I go, <laughs> It's pretty funny though. You, you know, always we get to like
2: laugh about it. You always have a story that starts with I had a friend in college. I had a buddy in college. Yeah, buddy in college. <laughs> you got a lot of it's me.
1: It's me. I was it was me.
2: You're, I was You're the referencing buddy in yourself. <laughs> friend <yourself. laughs> retainer. Yeah. No.
0: This I want to go back to Jonathan what he said on like love loving well and the idea that the people in our lives we want the best for them like a good friend wants to see you win and i think that's essential love seeks the other person's highest good mm-hmm. you can take that to the bank like and this some of this conversation we're going to land maybe talking a little bit about lewis's perspective from a four love or from the four loves he wrote on this these different types of love and friendship yes friendship being just buy all lewis's books and you would be all right but, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, yeah In The Four Loves, he talks about friendship love and the idea that that is a type of love, that my I want to see you win. I want to see your highest good. And at some point, seeing your highest good may be me talking to you with with a little bit of conviction and a little bit of even friendly caution. You know, I don't know that this is the right relationship for you. And I'm not going to cut you out of my life or I'm not going to disregard you, but, but I do need to, because I love you, and I want your highest good. I have to have the courage to say the thing that needs to be said. And I think that that's essential too. I think that there's a moment, they say, "Friend, there is no friendship without virtue. And one of the classic virtues is courage. I want friends that have the courage to say, don't do that. I don't know that that's your highest good. Mm-hmm. That's hard. Have you ever been in a situation where you had to do that at the level of not just warning, but literally sitting down with a friend and saying, because I love you, I, I want to talk to you about something. This is not your highest good. Have you ever been yeah. in that position? That's hard.
4: Oh yeah. I did this the other day. Yeah. Uh huh. I had to have a sit down conversation with a friend because, um, we had been in, in, I won't be specific, but we were hanging out And she ran out to go be with somebody else. And it was just a red flag, all in all. Like, not a good situation. And I sat down with her at the end of the day. And I was like, hey, I want to tell you something that's been on my mind. And it doesn't, it's not um, something I, I see you and I know you. And what you did today isn't really a reflection of you. And I just wanted to talk about it. I mean, I'm not judging you and I'm not criticizing you i'm just telling you my ideas and whatever and and she was very um she was fighting back a little bit and i think and i told her i'm like do you think you're fighting back because you know that it like there's a truth to it of like that's not who you are and then the next day we talked about and she's like hey thanks so much for talking to me like i really needed that reminder yeah of where to stand yeah and so it was productive and it wasn't judging. It was just, I know you. And I know what you want in life. And I know, you know, where you are, we're all growing, we're wayfaring, we're becoming new people and we want to experience things, but um, you don't want to fall too far from that goal.
0: Yeah. This is an essential thing. I mean, that we started this whole series, Wayfaring, in the conversation that it's not wandering aimlessly. It is walking and growing over time. Nobody's perfect. It's an unfolding thing. We're going to go forward and backward. But there's a difference between wandering and wayfaring. Wandering is, hey, it doesn't matter where you're going. I'm going to love you. You just do you. You do you. And I'm not that invested in you. This wayfaring posture says there is a good. That's a conviction. There is a true. There is a beautiful those things there, there are objective things and that that's what makes it possible for me to seek your highest good. If there's no objective good, then what am I even talking about to say, Mm -hmm. no, that's not your highest good. Our conviction is that there is a highest good. There is a moral aim. There is a human flourishing. And as your friend, i I believe that. I'm convicted that Mm -hmm. I want your flourishing. I want you to win. And so it isn't good. I mean, this goes all the way down to public policy. If you go to San Francisco, you go to Portland, you go to these cities where we've adopted a policy even around houselessness, homelessness, addiction that says I can't intervene because that would be, be me putting my ideals on you no, 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 Love seeking the other person's highest good says, no, it's not good for you not to have a home. I want to help mm-hmm. that and, and to intervene. And I think it, we're in a moment where it does require courage for us to raise up and be friends and to be those people yeah. who say, no, there is an aim and there is an ideal, but it's not easy. Jonathan, what's been, when you've been in those situations, how have you approached those to, when they've gone well, to take a posture of humility? How have you opened the door for those tough conversations?
3: I honestly can't remember any times that I've had that conversation with someone, but I've definitely had that, been on the other end of it, and been the guy that was like, <laughs> how did that like we go need well. to talk to him. <laughs> yeah. um, It was, uh, my family is, we're, I love my family, but we're not, we don't necessarily share our emotions the best. Um, and I'm off doing my own thing in college and my dad calls me. He's like, Hey, we need to have a family prayer night. And I'm like, the world is ending so. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was essentially like an intervention. I go there and my family's all there and they're all, um, they're like telling me that I'm not living my life well and I'm making all these mistakes. And it was so weird and uncomfortable because it just wasn't like my family to do that. Um, and they were, they were like, they, my mom was crying. My sister was crying. I, I can't remember like ever seeing them cry. And I'm just sitting there. And I'm like, man, I was just trying to have a little fun. You know, what's, what's yeah. the big deal? this <laughs> <It's> got weird. <laughs> like, wow, this is too much. I was like, you guys are being dramatic. Um, and <laughs> obviously got very defensive. And I'm trying to push back on them saying like, no, um, like you guys don't get it. You guys are just, you know, strict and stuck in your ways. And that that's my initial reaction. But once it, once it ended and I was back by myself, um, I couldn't deny any of the things that they were saying and they approached it with so much love and truth. And they were very, um, honest about how they felt, which was, was weird in itself. So it was the whole thing was just a lot to process, but, um, that was the, the turning moment. And I didn't tell my parents cause I didn't want to give them that satisfaction, but that was the turning moment that wow. I was like, they're, they're right. I couldn't deny it. And that saved me a lot. So,
0: yeah.
4: Now they know. Now they know. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Love you, Mom. Yeah.
4: That's awesome. Yeah. That's it's, a sweet story.
0: It's so good. I just circle this. Like, I think this is a treasure. If this comes out of this episode, because it's a challenge on both sides to say, I want to be someone who has people in my life who seek my highest good. Yeah. Like, just think about that for a second, the vulnerability that that takes to be loved like that. Like, do I want that or do I not want that? Because I can just have people around me who don't care. I can have people around me who will just let me do me regardless. But do I really want friends who will seek my highest good? That's a tough question, right?
1: It's hard. Like, I think that's kind of goes back to, you know, what can be a corrosive thing is like, are you willing to Have that confrontation. It's like it's easy. Let's like talk about where we've called out our friends, but you know, those times where friends approach you and go, Hey, you're doing this and it's not good. Mm. You know, it's like that. Those can be really hard. Yeah. And like it's vulnerable to admit that you're that they might be right and that you need to change some things and move forward. Like that's a really difficult thing to do because people don't want to be wrong. You know, Mm. they want to feel good, but like truth and feelings together i I think are such a key thing in walking forward and it can be difficult to do because i'm a very feelings guy so it's like Mm -hmm. i like to let my feelings go and if you know if truth gets in the way of that i don't really like it that much
0: yeah the that conviction we're gonna there is a highest good there is a good there is a true there is a beautiful there is an aim i'm not wandering i'm wayfaring and i'm not doing it alone never alone walking on towards that right and I want to do it together, that requires me to be vulnerable enough to say, I want people in my life who will seek my highest good, which means there's going to be a time where they're going to call me on something because it's not my highest good. I want that. On the other side of that, I want to be someone who is in the life of my friends with a conviction to seek their highest good. Like if we could just, if we could recover those two things and say, I want people in my life who will seek my highest good and there is one. And I wanna be someone who will seek others' highest good. Oh, yeah. That's what I look that's real friendship. Oh, yeah.
4: yeah. I think that takes a lot of um like that's like the the mind of like a leader, I would like to say. Mm-hmm. I don't know, because to take that step and say, I'm not just gonna be friends with these people who just make me happy and we have fun together. Like to step away from that and go searching for something deeper, that's a very that's a lonely move because like you could leave and then be lonely for like a couple months, several months, a year until you find that solid ground of a group that just always encourages you to be the best version of yourself. So it takes a lot of courage to finally be like, all right, here we go. And then I've been in that situation Mm. when I've left and I've had, Numerous people unfollow me on Instagram. Never speak to me in public again, just because I decided to go a different route. Yeah. So it's pretty scary out there. So I mean, it's easier said than done, but I have to say, I think it's the most um, valuable thing you could do, just because, like, I found these guys, and I've found numerous little Bible studies, or not numerous. I just have one, there but, um, and just. Very valuable people that are awesome, it, but it's scary, my point.
3: And on the flip side, when you, when you do make that switch and you lose a lot of friends, but the ones that did stay, those that, that still saw your highest good, even if they saw you take a different path, mm-hmm. um, those, are, those are good friends.
0: There you go. Yeah. yeah. Say that again, because there's going to be people who, when you make a decision that is in the direction of your highest good, I'm not going to wander. I'm going I'm to aim and a bunch of people drop off but there's going to be people who celebrate that. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. That is a good point. Yeah. My pessimistic
0: mind. Yeah. Hey, there
4: are people that stay. No,
0: but yeah. it's, it's real though. <laughs> exactly. There is a real, there is a real loss and I'm glad you said that. And that's uh, brings us to a good follow up of we've, we've felt that maybe you're in that season. Somebody's in that season. Who's listening to this conversation goes, you know, it's been hard and painful, but I've realized that I have not been with people in my life who seek my highest good. And I want that. And that's when you get to that. I think it's Aquinas who said true friendship is something is the greatest treasure. It's something to be prized, to, something to that effect. And then you go, when I've found it, you know that that's not just like, oh, yeah, acquaintances. When you have people in your life who do seek your highest good and they want to see you win like that, that's something to be prized. But if you've made the choice to go in that direction, there's going to be a gap. There's going to be a time we've all felt that where it is lonely. How do you sustain in that? When you've had to make that choice, how do you not just go right back?
4: Well, to tap on to what Jonathan just said, there are people that do stay. Yeah. And they encourage you and they're like, I see what you're doing. And I actually, I'm so happy you said that because I just remember the day that I told one of my friends who was very much involved with this group. Um, when I told her, I'm not going to hang out with these people, blah, 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 she like gave me the biggest hug. And I was so shocked because like, I thought she would have been upset that I left and wasn't supporting like that kind of lifestyle and things like that. But she's like, I'm so proud of you. I know you've been struggling a lot with that decision and I know you're going to do great. And to this day, we're so tight. Thank you for saying that, Jonathan. Yeah.
2: Wise. Yeah. I've I feel like just in general, friendship, like anything inside of friendship, I feel I feel like a lot of times it takes, it just takes one to make the move. Like you can sit there and like be like, who's going to make the first move? Like who's going to be the first one to leave the group or who's going to be the first one to speak up and speak out on this? And everybody just sits there waiting and it's like someone just has to do, someone just has to spark, like they have to be the first one to bring it up. And I feel like a lot of times if you're thinking, of, like for me, there's plenty of times where I'm like, I want to reach out to this friend, but I don't know if I should, I don't know if I feel comfortable or like, it's going to be awkward. Should I even do it? And anytime I start thinking like that, I'm like, that that's a sign that I should just be doing it already. Like, mm. yes. like there's no point. Like, I feel like so many, like so many of my friends just sit here and just like wait and, and dance around until, till the first, first person's going to come up and, and, and actually talk about it or get to the real conversation. It's like, no, if you're sitting there waiting for that conversation just start the conversation yourself right there and usually everybody else opens up in my experience at least like that that's how it works for me usually is everybody's sitting here waiting for the conversation to start or waiting to talk about something real or share something from their week that you know they're going through or something hard and it's like how was your week you know like I, I've i seen it was kind of tough for you and then they go into it so I don't know, I feel like that's a lot of the stuff I see personally in in my life and my friend groups. And it's like, just just start the conversation. Like, Mm. I I know it can be scary and hard, but it's like, if you're sitting there sitting in that thinking, it's like, that's probably a sign that you should just be the one starting the conversation. Yeah, Yeah, I
0: think even right now, people are wanting crisis of meaning, crisis of connection. And there's probably, I mean, we've all been in rooms where exactly like Riley's describing, people are just aching for something real. And if you're the one who says, Hey, how are you? Like, um, and just take the conversation, take the group in that direction. I think people will respond in so many times in ways that surprises you were going to say something.
1: Yeah. I was just going to say, I don't feel like you have to, you know, ax off all your friends who might not be like doing that right now. Mm -hmm. Like I think, you know, being in, like, if you want to have better friendships, if you want to have better conversations, like you have to initiate those a lot. And I found like, I mean, it can be weird, like to have like work friends who you're like friends with at work. And then it's like taking that next level to be like friends and then like talking about things outside of work. Like that's something that, you know, happens naturally at some point. And it's like, I don't remember if it was me or my coworkers who like start those conversations. But when you ask questions about their life, what are they doing? Like, what are the other things? It's like, that's when you get Know those kind of deeper level friendships and it's like it blossoms and it can grow into something it's like just because right now it might be you know a certain dynamic doesn't mean it always has to be like that yeah
4: we're all human i think just remembering that like we all feel things we're all like we're emotional beings like we we all go home and we lay down in bed and then we think about our emotions like it is what it is and it's like i think when you make it that simple it makes it so much easier to be vulnerable with others and if they're too scared to be vulnerable with you too then that's when i think that connection gets missed but i think just remembering we're all human it's just a kind trust what thing. you said exactly it's
1: a trust thing like if like my coworkers know i'm a christian but they also know that i'm not gonna like throw the hammer at them if they uh or start talking about what they did over the weekend or if they do something <laughs> crazy you know it's like why would I, you know, cause I don't, I don't want to judge them for the 'cause Cause it's like, I'll open up and talk about the stupid things I've done before. And it's like, you want to have that open dynamic of trust there where it's like, you're not going to like go at somebody really hard if they do something wrong or judge them or whatever it might be, you know? And that's just like other level friendships, like wayfarer mm-hmm. friendships. It's like, it's important to, you know, also have that level of trust of like, Let's just be real. Because it's like everybody enjoys it
0: when you're more real and you're honest and transparent. Exactly. It's crazy to think that we we started out saying never alone, right? Never alone, walk on. Never alone, walking on. And the the literal invitation is to follow me. And this is what I find extraordinary about the relationship we have with God in the Christian faith. Because in the Christian faith, it's not a transcending the body or reaching you know escaping consciousness escaping the fullness of our and the fleshiness of our body it's literally the incarnational faith and you literally have a god who takes on flesh and comes in the person of jesus and literally says the words i've called you my friends and and the invitation is literally like come follow me so even right now sitting there going who is that friend who will seek my highest good and this is where spirituality for me does not, it doesn't float up into the clouds. It's literally God comes and the one who you're see, the one who you're looking for is the one who's looking for you. Here is this God who says, come, I've called you my friend. I seek your highest good. Will you follow me into that? And that's what's so beautiful about this journey. You go, if I say yes to that, the likelihood is I'm going to merge at some point on that journey with somebody else who has said yes to that and they're pursuing that. And all of a sudden I find myself in the company of true friends. And again, that doesn't mean that I don't have work friends and college friends and all these relationships that are deeply important. I think the, the, the wisdom is to say I'm never alone. And the invitation is I have a true friend who seeks my highest good. And once you realize that, that's that becomes your starting point, never alone, walking on. And now I can be shoulder to shoulder with anybody else. And invite them. I'm not leading that. I'm following, and it becomes this beautiful and freeing peace that comes. It's just remarkable.
3: And I love that with the uh, with the solitude too. When you go to be alone, it's not to go find yourself or seek whatever is inside you. It's to to be with God and to wrestle with Him and spend time with Him and try and because usually if you're in solitude, like there's there's something He's trying to tell you. At least that's what I found. So, um, and it's. It doesn't feel lonely when you think about God and Jesus on a on a level like that. That He He's there and He's a friend and He's trying to tell you something.
0: What a radical reframe that Christian solitude is. I went to meet with God, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. never alone. Yeah. We can literally say that with conviction. So good. I love being able to have this conversation. I mean, if, if for everybody walking this with us, I, I just want to bring us back to this the the point is we follow never alone walking on and we get to do it together and that's a reality that so many people right now are dying for and just hurting and if that's you um i just i i want you to know that we feel that and we have felt that and you're i want to say you're not alone god is literally with you this we're coming into advent season and the idea that god with us and there's a mystery there But I just, I know we're running low on time, but I got to ask if you're in that place or for somebody who's sitting in that place, what encouragement do you have for the person who just, they say, I hear you, God with us, yes, never alone, but it feels pretty alone right now. And I don't know where to go. Like, I literally don't know what to do to take a step in the direction of people who might embrace me like that. Uh, what would you say to that person that that might just be an encouragement to that person that is literally struggling with that sense that now you don't know my reality. I go home to my apartment and I literally broken relationships with my family and I don't have somebody.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say, because I've, I've been in that multiple times where I've like felt that kind of weight. And it's like, one, it's like, it's just a season. Just know that that, that is not the rest of your life. You know, that is... Uh it won't always be like that, especially if you want it to be different. Um and I'd also say like don't let that be become like the identity of who you are. Like sure. I think that so easily can overtake you and make you feel like, oh, I'm alone because of XYZ about myself, which I think can cause a, a spiral very easily when you're alone. Um and then it's like I I feel like you just have to take baby steps to figure out you know, what is your kind of value? Obviously for wayfaring, you know, we're very much, you know, basing it around like Jesus and I think getting involved in churches and, you know, finding different groups like that uh, in your different cities can be very valuable. Um, as far as trying to start a
0: lot of those friendships. Yeah. I love it. I just circle that. Remember again, back to Lewis, friendship is born the moment. Any two people say, oh, you too. And yeah. so maybe find your you too, right? Like what, what is it, what's the thing? If it's soccer, get back out there and like right. kick the ball around. You're gonna bump into somebody who will say you too. But I love that, that A, it's not a season that's gonna last forever, that we, we know that. And it doesn't feel like that, We I know that. But it won't, it'll, it'll be there. Or there'll be another season on the backside of that. And then you too, find the people mm-hmm. that will say you too. What were you gonna say?
4: I was gonna jump onto exactly what you just said. Like, typically, like if I'm in a season of that mindset, I like tap back into things that I would do as a child as weird as that sounds like when I was little I loved painting and I loved being outside and just writing cute little poems in my little journal and um drinking cute little teas and drinking cookies like I just revert back into that person and then I remember who I am it's like I said a little while ago like you're born the same person you are today. And you really don't drift far from that. And so the passions that you had when you were little, they might look a little different. I don't play with dolls, but like, um, you have the same imagination that you use in different contexts, you know? Why are y'all <laughs>
1: I mean, there's nothing wrong with playing with dolls. (laughs) I'm just saying. I don't know. We just shamed that a little bit. I'm sorry. You just
0: just (laughs) had a a, you U2 moment right there. Like, oh, you 2 I'm not saying I play with dolls.
1: (laughs) Not the band. We can play dollies together, too. They're action figures. Um,
0: (laughs) Jonathan, in that moment where you feel like alone, right? In that person that's sitting there that doesn't feel like they have a place to go where have you found, I guess, a generous welcome?
3: Hmm. Well, it started with when I felt very alone. The The, the key was like vision up. It's, it went back to adoration, like to just breathe in and breathe out and to remember that you're alive and you're breathing and you have the breath of life and there's a creator that puts you here and you even have the capability to feel alone Mm. and Mm. you may be alone but but you're you're alive so then to go out and find the people who um who will seek your highest good and i think church is is the place to do that because um that is the story of faith is is we have good news and we want to share it and we want you to flourish um so go to church and meet people who want that for you Um that's where I found I found that a lot with you just being involved in in v3 is people I felt like family like from day one you get in there and you're your family
0: yeah no I love that just who are the people where can I go right now and somebody's listening to this in Idaho in in a rural area and going I there's not much around me. And I would just say, ask myself that question that you two, what, what's the thing that, that I love that is uniquely me start there. And number two, where are the people in this area that are going to seek my highest good? Mm -hmm. And I hope that that's part of what we wanted to do with this, right? That, that as, as much as it's not the entire thing, we're going to keep having this conversation. And I, I hope everybody keeps joining in and saying, hey, we're, we're rekindling something where there is a conversation about being someone who wants people in their life who seek their highest good and who wants to be someone who seeks others' highest good. And if you choose that and you choose that and I choose that and you choose that and everybody starts being and orienting toward that, that's that wayfaring journey is good. And it's long, so deep, little by little. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. If you're feeling like that, um, even just reach out. I I can't say it enough. That's why we started that, the, the toast never alone walking on. And that's really the wayfaring way that it's shift in perspective. It's not, it's a season for a while, but it's long, slow, deep. So take that deep breath and remind yourself the fact that that you exist is a miracle. Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can I start on one last thing to that? It's, I'll, I'll feel upset if I don't get it off my chest, but it's like that, to the person that feels alone it's like if you're feeling alone it's in order to get out of that feeling it's going to take initiation you're not you're not going to be able to just sit there feeling alone forever and wait for somebody to come around that may happen but a lot of the times I like in my experience I don't know about you guys but for me I feel like if I'm feeling alone I almost have to do something about it like I have to take that step to to seek that opportunity, to seek the opportunity of, of friendship and relationship with, with people who are going to seek my highest good, people who are going to support me in my corner, people who are going to be with me through those moments, and it's hard to take that, you know, I feel like we've said this a lot already on this episode, it, it's hard to take that step and, and step out your comfort zone and tell somebody that you may not even know that well, that you're struggling and you feel like you're alone. But I feel like that's the, that's the opening for that. That's the opportunity for you to find that group. That's the opportunity for you to seek, to find a group that does seek your highest good. And so I feel like if you're feeling alone, I encourage you to take that initiation to just step out in faith and step out and just find somebody. Cause I'm sure there's somebody in the world, somewhere in your life that does wanna seek your highest good, so.
1: Yeah and it's worth it Like I, yeah. I, I had a friend Share a quote with me When I was going through Something kind of hard And he was like A good friend Can double your joy And divide your grief mm. And I think that's oh. You know Yeah I like it Double your joy i would never heard that
0: Divide your grief
1: yeah. yeah And him especially I found that to be true Is like we have called each other During some of the You know most joyous things And some of the hard things And it's like just having Good friends around In both of those situations You know Amplify it
0: yeah, it's so good. Let's do this. I somebody told me I don't even know if it's true, but somebody told me that Bob Goff, he's an author, wrote Love Does, right? Dan, yeah. Right. He wrote Love Does, and somebody said that he put his phone number at I the back him. of the book. You that was you. Yeah. You called him at the back of the book. <laughs> this is extraordinary. So here's what we're gonna do. Uh, we don't have the book to give you our phone number, but here's the deal. Uh, Zach, Z-A-C-H at V-U-V-I-V-O.com. And I think that's true for all of us, right? Everybody has the same, your name yep. at vuviv mm-hmm. So listen to me. If you're hearing this episode, take Riley's advice. And if you're feeling that sense of, hey, I want a community and some people to seek my highest good. You hit something resonated with this conversation tonight, but I don't know what to do. The step that Riley just invited is take the initiative to at least send us an email and tell us that. And we'll say, well, where do you live? And we'll start praying alongside you and thinking outside of the box of where those people might be in an embodied sense. But any of us, Riley at VUVIVO.com, Jared, Jonathan, Katya, any of us. Mine's there. right here. Look at that. Oh, are we no, doing that? Not? <laughs> oh. <laughs> We're not Maybe. that good. We're not I that right good. Here. You're listening. For- yeah. We're not that good yet. (laughs) Hey, we'll keep the conversation going. This is just literally episode three, but man, what a treasure, real friendship and double the joy and divide the grief. I think that's a great way to say it. So I like it. Yeah, let's leave it there. Have a happy Thanksgiving.
4: Thank you. You too, everybody.
0: There you go. Gobble, gobble.
4: gobble.